Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together, Father, to worship you. Father, we pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. Father, we pray that you will guide and guard and direct everything that's done and said. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Uh, so um, this Navy ship was going across the ocean and saw a light in the distance. And so in Morse code, they were, they were on a collision course. So in Morse code, the Navy ship said, uh, you need to move your position 10 degrees to the west. And the light bounced back. You move your position 10 degrees to the east. And got the Navy ship posted back. I am an admiral in the United States Navy. I will not move. You need to move. The light bounced back. I am a lighthouse. Your move. <laughs> uh, Stephen's supposed to be getting me some better jokes. I don't know. I'm waiting on him. All right, so for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about walking the walk. When we talked about walking through the valley, and then two Sundays, we talked about walking the walk. Well, you know what comes next, right? If we're going to walk the walk, we've got to have to talk the talk, right? We have to. And the words that come out of our mouth possess power, and our body lines up with it. When we, especially when we become born again, we become a new creature in Christ, and we start to talk with the authority that God has, right? And we start to talk to the, God gives us this authority to use the name of Jesus and to start to speak things into being. So I want to start off in the beginning, which is a good place to start, but Genesis 1.1. It's pretty easy to find. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was empty and formless, and the darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And light was. So I've read this like a gazillion times, right? And in fact, I've used this in a similar sermon like this a bunch of times. And God said, let there be light. And light was, and light was good, right? And light come in, and however fast light moves, it's pretty fast. And then recently, I figured out something. Does anybody know where that light came from? God created it, right? But we see light on a daily basis, normally out of the sun or the moon, right? He didn't create the sun and the moon for a couple of more days. So the light that was here was just based off of him saying, let there be light. It's just the creative power of God that lit the earth for the couple first couple of days. And then he was like, oh, okay, well, in verse 14... If you flip over a page or two, depending on your, how your Bible's laid out, or maybe it's on the same page. <clears throat> and God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky that separate day from night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times, days and years, and let the lights of the vault of the sky give light unto the earth. And so God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. So, so I had always in my whole life, Thought about when God said, let there be light, he really just built the sun. But he didn't. He called the light out of the darkness before there was anything to produce light. Before there was any being or any um, material thing to produce light, God said, let there be light, and it came up out of the darkness. 
Actually, we believe that it came out of Jesus, right? Jesus is the light of the world, and he was in the beginning with God, and nothing was created without him. So Jesus was the light of the world before the sun got involved. But just based on his, him speaking it into being, that let there be light, light appeared and brought the world out of, the whole world out of darkness. Now, before God said, let there be light, the whole world was in darkness, it was empty and formless, and darkness was over the surface. There was nothing. And then God said, let there be light. And then a couple of days later, God said, well, I probably should get something to sustain that, that they can see that that's where the light comes from, huh? We ought to hang something up there in the sky and let it rotate on a specific pattern to where it's perfect, where it doesn't kill them and it doesn't freeze them to death and it's exactly where I want it to be. And it revolves at the exact amount of time to create days and months and years to where it all works out perfectly. But it started with, let there be light. See, when we are handling our business, sometimes we want that perfect heavenly being rotating exactly on time to something that they can map out for years to come exactly what time the daylight happens and exactly what time the sunset is right we want that finished product but we're not willing to speak into the darkness let there be light and that's the difference there's a neat little thing in the um in the bulletin, if you saw it, and it says, do not complain about the harvest, do not complain to God about the harvest if you were the one sowing the seeds, or something similar to that. Isn't that about what it says? Isn't that what it says, Arabella? About the fourth one down on the left? There you go. So what we do is, is we sow hate and discontent and all this stuff out of our mouth, and then when it starts to materialize, then, oh God, why did you do this to me? Doesn't that seem odd? If you were, if you were trying to, to raise a, a crop of vegetables and you went into your garden and you sowed a whole bunch of seed, weed seed and different kinds of seeds of trash, plants, and dandelions and all kinds of other stuff, and then you go back out there to see your tomatoes and cucumbers and they ain't there. I mean, and that sounds silly, right? But if you speak death and destruction over your life nonstop, over your kids nonstop, if you speak death and destruction over your job, over your finances, over your health, and then you expect to see a different kind of harvest, kind of silly, just as silly as planting cucumbers and expecting tomatoes. God said, let there be light when it was absolutely dark and there was nothing. Out of the darkness, the light came. So we have creative power in our tongue. Proverbs, well, let me get to my book. I'm getting ahead of myself. <clears throat> I think I want to go to Proverbs. I just want to get on the right thing. <clears throat> and, I, and look, I went back in my notes. I preached part of this sermon in, in October. And if you heard it in October and you've been doing a really good job of it, I'm proud of you. And if you heard, didn't hear it in October, then you needed to hear it today anyway. And if you heard it in October and you're not doing it, well, this is your chance to maybe write the ship, okay? I, I am very conscious of what, we, what I preach, but I had this, God wanted this out bad, okay? So Proverbs 18, 20, and I, you probably can quote it. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. 
The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What you say controls who you are and where you are in the future. What you say today, you are prophesying over your future. You're prophesying over your job. You're prophesying over your spouse. You're prophesying over your children. Go ahead and tell them that they ain't nothing but little heathens and they mean and they bad and they ain't never going to be nothing except for that. And you're going to have exactly what you say. And you're going to go, I don't know how this happened. Go ahead and say, I have the worst job on the planet. No matter what, I can never get by. I never have enough money. Nothing ever goes my way. Nothing ever works out. And then in 10 years, you'll have exactly what you have, what you have said. And you will sit there flabbergasted that exactly what you said came true. But I challenge you. And, and so, so here's the problem, and it bounces back off of the thing. Well, I'm not a liar. I'm not going to say something that wasn't. I'm not going to say that they were good kids and I know that they was bad. I'm not going to say that I got a good job when I know it ain't a good job. Was it dark? God said, let there be light. It was dark before then. Did he lie? He didn't say it ain't dark. He said he needed some light. Let them kids be wonderful, fearfully made. Let this job become exactly what I need it to be. The Bible says that, that my God supplies my needs out of his riches and glory. That's not my bank account, that's his bank account. Start speaking into existence what God has set you in front of. We have all of the promises of God, right? All of these things. And it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You choose. Pick. You want death and destruction and, and heartbreak? Pick that. And you would say, well, I don't want that. Who would want that? I don't know who's talking it. Now look, <laughs> ah, I tell y'all, I am sick and tired of living my um, sermons the week before. Lord, I want to learn my lesson where I can just preach them and they don't have to be shown as an example in my life, okay? I had a rough week with my mouth. I have said some dumb stuff. I have called at least one of my children an absolute idiot. Twice, maybe, three times. And it's unfortunate. And I'm not confessing that over, and I have begged for forgiveness, and I have speak life into her many more times than I have speak darkness over her, for sure. But look here, it's something that we fight on a daily basis. The Bible says that we have to account for every word that comes out of our mouth. And folks like Daddy, right, that's not so hard. He don't got a bunch of words. He's a man of few words, right? That study to be quiet, he took for serious. Somebody like me? Lord, I can't remember all the words I used last week. And Mr. Sonny Jernigan used to say that I preached so fast that I would stop on Sunday and he didn't get finished hearing it until Tuesday. I use a bunch of words. Lord, please don't make me account for every one of those words. But that's what the Bible says. So we have to be responsible for the language that we use, and we have to be mindful of what we're speaking into existence. 
Now, I'm not saying that you're not a good parent or you're not a good employee or not a good spouse or you're not a good kid. We just have to be mindful of what we say, when we say it, and how we say it. And look, I know, look, sometimes they do stuff and you laugh at them and go, you're an idiot. And that is, I, I, it is what it is. And I'm not. But we have to be very concerned over what we say over the things we have control in. Granddaddy E.P. used to say, well, oh, never mind. We'll get to that in a minute. All right. Um, so so I, he, I have this thing, right, that people don't believe this is true. There are lots of folks who don't understand or don't believe that what I am telling you this morning is actually true or biblical or anything else. So, so I'm going to ask you as a group, as a whole, how, how did you become a Christian? And you could tell me whatever story you had or when you got saved or where you got saved or what you did or what you didn't do. But I'm going to read it to you. And then you tell me whether what it says is true or not. So the letter to the Romans, chapter 10, verse 9. Romans 10, 9. So if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with the mouth that you profess and are saved. You telling me that the cornerstone of the Christian religion, the, 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 the beginning of the beginning, the, 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 the only way that it says in the Bible that this is how you are saved, says that if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you're going to have exactly that. You telling me that works for salvation, but that don't work on bad little kids? You telling me that works on salvation, but it does not affect you personally, mentally, physically? So the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life, you're okay with believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. But whether or not you're going to have enough money at the end of the month to pay all your bills, that doesn't fit in this same category? Whether or not your body is going to be healed does not fit in this same category. Whether or not you're going to be, you're going to have a long life and you're going to be fulfilled and you're going to be prosperous doesn't fit in this same category. I would say everything else I just talked about is minuscule compared to salvation. Being healed, having long life, having enough money, none of that gets anywhere close to the importance of forever. That if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth that he has died for your sins and he was raised from the dead, you are saved, is the single most important thing you will ever do in your entire life. And if you can hang your hat on that, if you have faith enough to believe that God's word is true, because, I mean, it's written right there, but if you have faith enough to believe that God's word is true and what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you're going to have, then how can you with a straight face say what I say doesn't affect my life? You can't. You don't have an argument. There is no evidence that supports it. 
Well, I have said that my kids were going to be well-behaved, and then they weren't. Well, it was dark, and then there was light. Now, what we don't know is, and, and this is where I kind of get into some, sometimes I get real deep over here and some stuff that's kind of abstract, and, you know, I lose it. That whole, how long was these days? Them first six days of creation, how long was them days? Was them your typical 24-hour days? Or was them a year is like a thousand days and a thousand days is like, I mean, a day is like a thousand years. And a, how, how long was them days? How long did it take for the light to get there? I don't know. Where did the light start out at? I don't know. Was it instantly as soon as he said, let there be light? Or was there a small gap between when he said light and when light showed up? I don't know. I'd like to ask that question. But I can tell you that the instant that I said that I believe in my heart, that I'm saved, I was saved. There was no lag. Now, I might have not looked saved. I might have not talked saved. I might have not acted saved. But I was saved immediately. Amen. See, that's the difference. Well, when are you going to start acting like Jesus acted? Well, I don't know. It's still a work in progress. I started way back. I got a long way to go. But I believe that I'm saved. I believe that I'm a joint heir with Christ. I believe that he redeemed me. I believe that he has bought me back from my penalty of death and hell. I believe that he has set me aside. I believe, I believe that I am an heir and a joint heir and a child of the living God. Well, you don't act like the rest of them. Well, I'm trying. But I know that the word says that if I believe in my heart and say with my mouth, I'm saved. I also believe that if you speak death and destruction over your life, you will have it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Pick. Well, I, I spoke life over it for a whole week and nothing changed. Well, how long have you been speaking death over it? Exactly how long does it take for that tide to change? Exactly how long does it take to break those generational curses? Curses. Well, we've been like this for a hundred years. We ought not be like it tomorrow. You don't get to go back and change what happened before last week. But I could change what happens next week. I could change what, how I talk tomorrow. I could change how I talk this afternoon. I can make it to my, set my mind on God's word that I know that his word is true. And I'm going to live according to that. It might take me all the next week and the week after that, all the way to 23, maybe 26, maybe 28. Maybe till Jesus comes back. I don't know. Maybe till he calls me home. I don't know. But I would rather be walking in line with his word. And y'all still think I'm failing. To be failing and not be walking in line with his word. We choose who we are every day. You don't got to be a Christian. You don't got to come to church here. You don't got to live in this town. You don't have to live in this state. You don't have to live in this country. You can move to the North Pole or the South Pole or wherever else on the planet. You can worship puppy dogs or anything else you can come up with. God created us with a free will. 
And that free will is the where we got to choose that we want to worship him. He did not want robots who showed up every day to worship him. He wanted a living creature to have a free will to choose a personal relationship with him. So you get to choose. You don't got to come to this church. You don't got to go to no church. But if you want to be saved, you better believe in your heart and say it with your mouth. If you want to be healed, huh? 1 Peter 2.24 says, By the stripes of Jesus I was already healed. So the day that he took care of my salvation, he also took care of my healing. Well, how did I get saved? Well, I believed in my heart and said with my mouth. So then how do I get healed? Well, I don't know, but I would, I would bet believing in my heart and saying with my mouth is a good way to start. Well, I don't look healed. Well, you don't look saved either. We speak over our lives constantly. We have to become more accountable for what we say, not by somebody else. You can't have a word police. I mean, Mimi Rhoda used to, if you ever said something real bad, she'd go, you want to touch and agree on that. Not, not, not that. I don't need to, to touch and agree, which I believe was hilarious and, and a lot of times brought you back into reality. You have to be more conscious over your decisions and your words. Why? Because it's you. You're responsible for you. If you pass the age of about 16, you are responsible for all of you. Your mom and daddy still might pay for you a little bit and tend to you a little bit, but still you're responsible for making those decisions. You're responsible for what comes out of your mouth. Don't get to the end and go, well, I didn't know this was important. I'll tell God, uh-uh. March the 20, was it 6? March the 26, I told him that wasn't true, boss. I told them. They might not have been listening. They might have been playing on their phone. They might have been doing something else. I don't know. They might have been daydreaming about what my was cooking for lunch. I don't know. But I told them because you told me to tell them. What comes out of our mouth, we are responsible for. <clears throat> Most of y'all know, but uh, Caroline and Savannah got in a wreck in August of the freshman year of college last year. And they got concussions, and um, Savannah's was worse, and Savannah ate the airbag. She really didn't get hit at all in the wreck. She just ate the airbag, and it, it hit her pretty hard, and her vision was bad for a while. And, and she couldn't pass the concussion protocol test because her vision was bad. And every day I talked to her, how's your vision, the same or worse? How about tomorrow? Nope, the same or worse. And I said, hey, look, that's not what we're supposed to do, Neil. You, you, you know better than this. Talk to her the next day. It's the same or worse. Well, Daddy, you want me to lie? I said, no, ma'am. I want you to call those things that are not as though they were. And she said, I don't know how to do that. And I said, well, that's a shame because you've been sitting in this church for a long time. But let me help you. It's getting better. It's getting better. Is that a lie? No, it's getting better. It's better today than it was yesterday. It's better today than it was yesterday. It's getting better. I'm getting better every day in every way. It's getting better. I'm getting better. 
My vision is going to clear up. I'm getting better. I can see just a little bit better. I mean, how do you define what your vision looks like really? I mean, if you, I mean, on today, did you wake up and go, okay, my vision's a, a 7.8 out of 10? I mean, really, it, it, it's your eyes. Nobody else can tell what you can see and what you can't see. It's getting better. Two weeks of me forcing her to say every day on the phone, it's getting better. She was cleared and her vision was back to normal. The month before that, that I let her stew in her terrible vision, it's worse or not getting better. She stayed worse and not getting better. It's getting better, just a little bit. It's getting better. And if you really feel like you got to be Christian about it, say, by faith, it's getting better. By faith, I'm getting better today than I was yesterday. By faith, my body is being restored and healed. I'm being transformed by the Word of God. By faith, my children will walk according to God's Word. By faith, I will live and not die. By faith, I will walk how God called me to walk. And if you can't do that, then I don't know what you can do. Because you control the words that are coming out of your mouth. You control your future and your destiny. You are, you, oh, praise God. You are destined to be who God called you to be. And if you're sitting at the starting line going, well, I don't know how this is going to turn out. You will stay exactly right there. It is getting better. God is winning. I am healed. My children are good children. My church is growing. By faith, every word that comes out of our mouth, we answer to. Jesus said that if you tell the mountain to go jump into the ocean and do not doubt, it will do exactly what you said do. Right after, he told a fig tree, you will never produce food again. And it withered up and died. Now, I don't know about y'all, but have y'all ever walked in the yard and looked at all the weeds in your yard? I wish, uh, I don't wish, I wish I had enough faith that I could walk to and say, you will never prosper and grow in this yard. I, it'll stretch your faith. In fact, what do we say? My yard's got so much of weeds in it. Everything I touch breaks. My garden looks terrible. My kids don't behave. I don't have enough money. My spouse don't spend enough time with me. Nothing ever goes my way. And it lines up more and more and more and more and more. When we speak, there is a creative power that comes behind it. I don't know exactly the, the details of it, but there was a study done, and it was done in the 50s or the 60s, and they took tap water and they put it in a Petri dish, and they spoke positive, affirming words over the water and wrote, you know, beautiful, wonderful on the bottom of the Petri dish, and then they spoke terrible things over the other thing and wrote bad words on the bottom of it, and they froze it. The ones that was spoke positive over had snowflakes and crystals and this beautiful stuff. The one that was spoke negative over was nasty looking and crazy looking design. 
And that's just water. Our body lines up with what our words say. And there ain't no easy way to say it. Our body lines up with what our words say. Every time. And if you've been confessing for 20 years, oh, I'm just getting old and this is going to feel bad for the rest of my life, you're going to get exactly that. Abraham had a kid at 100 years old. At 100. Miss Elsie, you don't want no more, do you, at 100? <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You get to choose. Not somebody else. You. Real quick, I, I got one more. This is something that I, it's the first time I've seen this in, or put this in a, in a um, thing. Um, Psalms 19. So Psalms 19, 14. It's, it's, a pretty good, it's a pretty good ending to this song that David wrote, right? This is a musical performance, but the last, last line is, is may the wor these words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. That's pretty strong. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. If you're worried about how you start, start praying that. Start praying this. Psalms 19, 14. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We pray now that your word will not return void. It will, send, it will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.